0: Do you guys remember when, like, Divergent came out, Hunger Games came out, (laughs) Maze Runner came out? Like, they all came out over the course of, like, five years, and it was, like, a little much. I mean, I still kind of, like, I'm a sucker for Mm -hmm. those movies, but I I think we've had a long enough break, so now people are going to be super excited to go see this one.
1: It's been a little break. There are certainly was a wave there for a while.
0: <laughs> I feel like there are even more that I that probably didn't even go on my radar because there were so many during that time. Well, yeah, there was also
2: like The Giver, which was like, you know, teenage protagonist. Um, but I actually watched a video on YouTube recently and I can't remember her name off the top of my head right now. But she was basically talking about that like teenage dystopian novel show, mm-hmm. uh, like genre era we had. Cause that was kind of like when we were leaving high school um mm-hmm. so it was like yeah i was you had the hunger games and then you had divergent and then you had the maze runner and then you had the giver um but they said like she was basically talking about like where did it go and why did it disappear kind of because it was like you had so much and then nothing um and apparently it was because there was a lot of social turmoil happening with like black lives matter and people getting shot and things like that and so it kind of <laughs> If you look at all those movies, it's generally hot, young, white protagonist. And so they felt like the people who were consuming the material at the time had kind of like fallen off of that because we were having our own stuff happening in real life. Huh. Um, so that was like kind of what they,
0: that I guess that
2: was like one of the theories they had why that, it disappeared for
0: a while. That's a good theory. I'm reading this book called The Wanderers and it's basically about like a disease taking over the planet, whatever. And I used to read books like that a lot like these weird sci-fi where some virus would come to Earth and they have to figure it out, blah, blah blah blah, or like the end of men where all the men are dying, whatever. But when the pandemic came, I like could not read the like I was like I'm done with these books, like it's too real now or like there's too much in the real world that like it's not enjoyable to like
2: hmm. read
0: about it. So now I'm finally reading one of those books again, and I was like it's been a while since I've felt like I've wanted to. So that maybe could be like where it's too much happening in reality. Or, or like you said, like not having the right people like as the protagonist or whatever. Yeah, I could see that. Um, look, yeah. I think the girl they have who's going to play like the, I don't I've never read the book, but like the opposite of Snow, like the girl with the dark hair. I think she's from West Side Story. Rachel Zegler,
1: right. Snow yeah, White. She's am-
0: oh yeah, yeah. Okay, then it's the same girl. She was amazing in West Side Story and she's so beautiful. I'm going to watch it just to see her in it.
1: Yeah, it's exciting to see where her career is going. Uh, she's just in Shazam, Fear of the Gods. Um, yeah, it's, uh, the, some of the stuff, it migrates from the screen to real life and therefore becomes a little less maybe uh, palatable for general entertainment consumption. Although I feel a lot of this stuff has also kind of made its way more into the streaming space, stuff like Squid Game, Um I don't know. Uh, they're going to do...
2: There's talks that there's going to be an American Squid Game, and I'm like, that, that's what we don't want. <laughs> 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 we don't need an American One Netflix. Please don't.
0: No, will- I love exactly how Squid Game is. There was another one yeah. called Alice in Bo- Borderland, which is yeah. similar to Squid Games, but they're, like, playing cards. There will. I don't know. Did you see it or hear about that one? I- I've seen, like, trailers and stuff for it because I know, like, the main character is I think is actually a guy but when they're in the game they're like a girl I think or something like that I didn't watch the whole thing I just know that that was like a similar vibe and I just feel like some of those movies are better set in like I think that one might be in Tokyo I'm not sure um yeah but yeah I don't need the American squid games <laughs> I can like, just watch I'll watch Survivor or
2: something well like, like on- what the American squid Games is gonna be like oh yeah it's we're gonna pay your medical debt, like. <laughs> you have to fight for your life for your medical debt to get paid imagine your
0: college loans are gonna be forgiven like if you jump into the pot of acid like i I don't i don't think it would translate
2: the same to an american audience
0: i i have people i have friends who will joke like the cars will be driving they're they're like oh i would love to get hit by one of those cars because then i could pay off my like college loans i'm like oh
1: like snow piercer uh that was director mm-hmm. uh oscar winning director bong joon ho one of his previous Good. films uh before he did parasite was the film snow piercer and that's since had a, a tv series as well so uh, another example Isn't that the
2: one where they were like eating people
1: yeah <laughs> uh, yeah about the like, the train
2: yeah okay i watched the movie but it's been like you know, years and years and years. Uh, it's basically like there's this big long train, and that's where everyone lives.
0: Oh, I and, saw like, a train. All, there for yeah. That.
2: All the different cars are like the different people. Like, yeah. The yeah. classes right? of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to say they were like eating kids or something crazy. Well, the uh, eating but long... yeah. <laughs> yeah. They they a also...
1: yeah. Yeah. They probably a long time. Yeah. They might throw in dead corpses too into the uh, food repur. For saying yeah. you know, there's system. some cannibalism
2: <laughs> going on because no. it's it, like they don't realize it, and then the oh. guy who's the, like the the hero goes through the cars.
1: Was that a plot point that like the rich people like dine on kind of young uh children from the poor class or something as a delicacy? I I can't remember yeah. if that was a plot. I, I point. Wanna s-
2: but. I want to say there were kids getting eaten. I don't know if they were used for that reason or if they were faithful to die. It was um, a de-
1: yeah depressing yeah, dystopia. It was yeah it's
2: one of those like class class conversation society movies.
1: Anyways, well uh, speaking of <laughs> relatable, uh, I I figured uh, today's topic would be great to cover on the show because uh, it's a it's a new series premiering on Max uh aka hbo max that i guess the release officially for the the uh platform max which is sort of the combination of hbo uh, and the discovery plus uh I, I think uh service are now being combined now that those networks have merged but uh yeah uh it's a brand new series animated called uh fired on mars it's a god-awful small affair to the girl with the mousy hair. <laughs> uh <laughs> speaking of david bowie which is another uh offering on hbo max recently available the uh the documentary moon daydream which i recommend but yeah um we'll get into some discussion today on on this uh, new uh animated series on hbo max Um, So thank you both for joining me on this episode of the Thodcast, Conversations About Animation. I'm Philip Elke, up here in northern Minnesota, and uh, welcome to uh, the month of May, big new month of movies, but we're talking TV, Uh, joined by, uh, thank you so much, Bridget, for coming on the show, and Jody, and uh, both of you are joining from the land of the masters, uh, Mm. things going on. You're in, you're both in kind of the Augusta, uh, general area. Uh, so how was that, uh, all the activity for that, I I guess.
2: (laughs) Uh, it was busy. Uh, I avoid, so Washington road is like a very big major road that kind of stretches all the way to North Augusta, which is technically South Carolina to Mm. the lake. So it's a long road. Um, but so the, last half like before you get to our downtown and stuff is where the masters is and the masters owns like everything there and i avoid that area like the plague so it gets busy but a lot of people leave and they rent out their house and so people that live here either leave or they just avoid that area like the plague which is what i do um which it's gotten better it used to be pretty bad like the interstate would get backed up the whole road would be backed up but now it's like it's a well-oiled master's machine down there like they Mm -hmm. like they've bought out they want to make that whole area like just a master's area. So they keep buying yeah. up parcels of land.
1: <laughs> it's wild. Uh yeah, have you ever I, golfed or there or been to the like resorts and stuff where they hold it?
0: It's pretty yes. like exclusive, but I've never been there. Bridget, don't you have okay. to like pay quite a bit of money to like get on the course? Or how yes. does that work?
2: It's it's yes and no. So technically, like technically, you're supposed to get. Um, so you can do, you can sign up for the lottery every year. I imagine people who are really rich can probably buy tickets because they can just buy them directly. So you can do a raffle and you basically get tickets that way. Um, or you find people who have them or buy them, sell them. Um, and you can get them that way. I've gotten to go because I had friends who, uh, like their families had tickets and I would just like, they would go in and then they'd come out and I'd go in kind of thing. Um, but also I've worked, so because I've lived here my whole life <laughs> mm-hmm. I've worked many a master's weeks on that strip of Washington road. So I've worked for a golf simulator company and they got tickets every year. So I've gotten to go a few times and it's, Sweet. it's busy. It's very pretty. Um, and I think, I believe the people who work at the nationals during master's week, they get to like go in some kind of way as well um, for free. I'm pretty sure. Cause they're working there. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, it's fun scene in, in this show uh, to tie it back <laughs> as awkwardly as possible, but involving <laughs> the uh, the little robot that has the uh, like iPad attached to it and the guy's doing like uh, virtual reality golf from Mars. That was kind of fun. Zooming yeah, he's like, in. I wish I
2: could be there. <laughs> I wish I could be there with you.
1: <laughs> Playing Like we've all seen those <laughs> arcade games where you use a trackpad to hit a golf ball uh and he's basically doing that but you know it's it's attached to a ro- or the robots actually <laughs> holding a real golf cl- club so it'd be fun to see how that would work in real life but uh, yeah well, that's kind of
2: like <laughs> that company I worked for that that's kind of what the simulators were like when you go to top golf and you sure. hit it and it's like oh this is how hard you hit it and where it went that's kind of what it is that's kind of what yeah. the company was and but people oh. could like put them in their house or their business and so then you had like a top golf in your living room
1: That'd be sweet. pretty interesting um anyways you know you both so currently as of recording there are four episodes uh have you seen all of them both uh both of you
0: yeah i watched all mm-hmm. of them today <clears throat> yeah okay, they were pretty sure quick did. like a pretty quick
2: watch
1: yeah so. yeah it's, i think it, they're
2: like 30 minutes maybe
1: mm-hmm. they move quickly um kind of breeze right through probably right around the 30 minute uh, run time i i didn't check specifically but you know back in the days of commercial tv it was always that consistent like 22 23 minute run time and, i like uh, that
0: they're doing the slow release instead of like a 14 episode binge because yeah. i like having something to look forward to and being forced to look forward to it so it looks like they drop like maybe two episodes a week is that what it's looking like their schedule is
1: uh i think just one or just one
0: um, on thursdays
1: thursdays I, I it does vary sometimes i know like i think with at least the bad batch which was a star wars animated show on disney plus there were a couple of weeks this latest season where they dropped multiple episodes in a week um but yeah it's uh i don't know it's a new series that uh, i i really like the animation style um yeah and it moves quickly like the the it's based on like a short film from 2015 or 2016 like a little pilot project uh looks like these writers the creators are kind of fresh faces in uh the tv uh world so um the credits aren't super deep on either of them
2: uh, i did see the guy who did the voice in the short also does a voice in the show okay yeah he's brand i guess it was just jeff the main character in in the short and so he but that guy that actor is brandon in this in the series
1: yeah he's guy he's one of the bosses who's back on earth the 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 other sort of main boss character is darren tim heidecker yeah sean wing plays brandon um, yeah, what Nate Sherman you- and Nick Vokey are the creators. But yeah, Bridget, you had someone else?
2: Oh, I was going to say the Brandon character is like having worked in corporate mm-hmm. companies. Like, that is, he is corporate. That is what he was. <laughs> I watched it and I was like, man, I hate that guy because he's like, it's so fake. It's mm-hmm. all so fake. I was like, man, that is the fakest character ever. Because honestly, when I was watching it, I'm like, are we supposed to like Jeff or are we not supposed to like Jeff? I wasn't quite
0: sure. Mm. Um, he's but- kind of pathetic. Like, I yeah. love him and I like want him to like do the best, but like, he's a graphic designer and they're the worst like graphic designs <laughs> anyone could ever have. I think, I think you're supposed to like secretly be rooting for him, but at the same time, he's so like lame that you also can understand why he's like lost in the mix of the big corporation. Like he's kind of just like another nobody like walking around the floors, but I I'm rooting for him. I like him. Yeah. Like but in the beginning, I was like,
2: yeah, in the beginning I was like, am I supposed to like this character? Like I didn't hate him, but I was like, he's kind of annoying. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know if I am supposed to like him or not, but honestly I will say, so I have my degree in communication and a big part of that was graphic design and marketing, which I have a background in. And I was Like when he was like, oh, we don't need graphic designers. Anyone can graphic design. And I was like, (laughs) I resent that.
0: But you can tell that is something they would say. Yeah, his like clip art. Yeah, his designs were not great. (laughs) I know, like no Uh wonder they fired him. And like I had thought, so like he's obviously on Mars and I thought it was like his little girlfriend back at home who's also the worst, but I guess it's his wife.
1: I'm like mm-hmm.
0: right it's his wife
1: or a uh, partner they, they've they been together three years his girlfriend technically but like oh girlfriend. she's okay. planning on moving to Mars eventually
0: I think she also doesn't know if she thinks he's pathetic or lovable like she also seems to not really care one way or the other about this guy it's yeah, an odd
1: relationship like, yeah <laughs>
0: well
2: that's why I was like kind of I'm like so what was he like before he went to Mars because like he had a girlfriend for three years like and he she's had a life, pretty, like mm. yeah, like he had a job in marketing, and now he goes to bars and everyone hates him. He's super annoying, but I mean, I guess that could be like you know, your life changes, and uh life changes could make you a different person, maybe
1: like a crisis, <laughs> midlife crisis, type yeah. Of thing. He seems he's like going through it mid mid thirties. <laughs> it looks like he has a resume that shows he has like yeah. 16 years of experiment experience. I guess uh, his way of dealing with the crisis is to kind of fall apart. Whereas um, Hannah, his girlfriend, you know, has gotten into yoga. You know, she sends him a sand uh, g- garden Zen garden Yeah. Sand garden, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he, uh, he just can't really deal with the, the pressure of his situation, which is pretty funny. It's a, it's a great little, it's a great little satirical take on, uh, like self-help and, um, it's obviously a workplace comedy, a lot, you know, the office, but the sci-fi, you know, very, <laughs> very topical, relevant sci-fi flavor with, um, all the, interest in space travel currently, rocketry and, and potential colonization of Mars. So I I, uh, I just uh, thought this was a great kind of idea for a concept for a show. And it looks really good, too.
0: Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of places that they can take this. Um, and I think I mean, to touch on like him being like, you know, desperate or whatever, and like, kind of like a, a loser, like he does have some tenacity. I mean, like he's lost. I mean, we're on episode four now. And he's like, lost a million things but he does kind of keep plugging at it and finding hope and trying to like reinvent himself which I feel like is really relatable I've never actually worked in like a corporate culture but I could imagine that being in that type of space where you're sort of like dominated by sort of like a soulless ladder to climb uh, it would be like Mm -hmm. kind of difficult to like pull yourself up every day and give it your all and I mean even when he was fired at the beginning I thought it was really cute he'd like go into the meetings and be like Hey y'all, you need any water? You need any, you need any help? Like he's, he's trying and like, Mm -hmm. you got to give it to people who try. So, so even though like, yeah, he's not exactly going to go to yoga or whatever, like he does, you know, he gives his heart to it. I like that.
2: That's like uh, you're saying like the, the self-help stuff with it. Like, yeah, dude, get a hobby, do this. And he's like, okay. So he, he gets every hobby. He's like, (laughs) I'm going to do everything possible. And like, as he's spiraling into a depression And honestly, it's so funny because like, like, like with my, with me and like my ADHD, people like, oh, why don't you, why don't you just try a routine? And I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you. You've solved my life's problems. That's it. I needed a routine. (laughs) Oh my God. Thanks. And so I'm like, it's so funny that he was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to get a hobby. I'm going to get every hobby. And in the end it was like, yep, that didn't work either. Back, back to the tank.
0: <laughs> the, the best hobby that, that he discovers is like labeling items. Yeah. That is the first real chuckle I think I got out of it. I was sort of on the fence. And then he gets this label machine and he's like labeling the soda pop soda pop and like the dark roast coffee dark roast and for some reason have you guys ever used a label machine it is very fun like to make little labels and I was like that would be me like if I had no time and I just had like a label machine I probably would have done the same thing he's like labeling computer computer (laughs) you know yeah so that was one of his hobbies that was (laughs) my favorite I like the sir he was like let me let me do your label
2: survey I need to see how you'd label.
0: And they have like (laughs) limited resources up in Mars. So like clearly that's some type of issue because he's like, uh, he's kind of scolded for using too Mm -hmm. many labels because they only have a certain amount. Mm -hmm. And that's why I didn't really understand, you know why they would have graphic designers up there if they're like on this big (laughs) limited. I feel like that is definitely something you could do from planet earth graphic design, right? So that's why that's even making it more hilarious to me. Like why they even brought him up there in the first place. I think it's, he's yeah. like an internal
2: one. So he isn't like doing marketing, like for the Marsley company. He's like doing internal like Men- graphic and like design, yeah, like menus and like that, like the Arizona night thing, making like posters <laughs> and flyers. And I, and I'm like, why? Like, and honestly, I will say this about corporate America. No one come for me they will make up just jobs that don't really mean anything just to have it they're like you know what we don't have anyone that makes just the menus for the internal company we should have someone for that and i i have known people who worked in those roles and they're like yeah i just you know walk around and talk to people and make flyers for the clubs in the in the office and i'm like all right That's, i want that job how do i not exactly. talk to, how do i not talk to people i want to do never- that
0: I've told, I've told Ryan before, like I've never worked in an office, but I would love to be like a okay. personality hire and just like cheer people up and cheer them on and like be in the office. Cause I really like those shows like mm-hmm. the office or office space. Like I, I, there's something kind of like, if you've never worked in that space, sort of like charming about it, like this well-contained thing actually, you know, to speak on the the style of it, I really like the animation style. How it's kind of like muted colors, Mm -hmm. sort of minimalist, but still like very detailed, like his little bag of chips and all his little stuff, you know, (laughs) but compared to a lot of like adult cartoons, this one's not so like bright and loud. So I really liked that. But yeah, I always, I always joke about wanting to be a personality hire someday in an office. You got, do you guys like the animation? Like kind of this 2D
1: They do a good job of providing a bit of like a a glossy or it's, it's got a certain analog feel to it. Um, There's a, uh, I don't know, not a gauzy filter. It's it's just sort of gussied up a bit to, to look a little more traditional uh, like a Hanna-Barbera cartoon. It's kind of similar to it. It definitely fits within the visual language of like a King of the hill uh, it makes a lot of sense. I I don't think Mike Judge had anything to do with this series. Um, it is produced by Luke Wilson, who voices the main character, Jeff. And Luke Wilson you know, was the lead in Idiocracy, which was created by Mike Judge, who's also the creator of... Uh, Idiocracy is feature film directed by Mike Judge, who created shows like uh, King of the Hill and Beavis and Butthead. So... It seems to follow a, a certain tradition of comedy and aesthetics that really line up nicely with um, just kind of these, um, you know, commenting on the mundane, on kind of the just, you know, questioning, I guess, the the norms of our otherwise um, assumed uh, reality that in which we live.
2: I think yeah. it's like it's like a crossover um, of like The Office with The Martian, the Matt Damon movie. Oh, where yeah. he goes I saw to that. Mars. That's right. Oh yeah, he goes to Mars by himself and like has a little like uh, existential crisis because he's there <laughs> so long by himself. Yeah, because <laughs> he has to like set it up for everyone to come there later. Um, mm-hmm. So it's kind of like that mix. <laughs> um, and I, I do like the animation because they, you know, they, for the most part, everyone looks like realistic person, mm-hmm. not like crazy bulbous features and everyone looks like a caricature of a real person um yeah it's like that it kind of reminds me of those like movies mixed together it's like uh because you know when you see like movies on mars or movies in space everything's like futuristic and fancy and cool and this is like you know what what if we all just went to mars and it's like exactly the same as earth we yeah. just can't breathe outside you're still working at your boring job in your cubicle
0: making you flyers seen- <laughs> yeah, you would assume like, oh, my gosh, we're in Mars. We're going to have these incredible, crazy like situations to uphold. And I really like that. I, and I really like how the the humor style is like very kind of like environmental situational. It's not like mm-hmm. s- like super silly. Like, I don't know. I do like Family Guy, but it's kind of like gags. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's like jokes and it's punchlines. Whereas this is more like very dry, like. It's I don't like know a if the,
1: grounded it's, narrative.
0: Yeah, where it's like, it's a relaxed humor. Like I don't know, the, the, mm-hmm. like you said, the social commentary on like they're working in an office in Mars. Like that alone is like a bizarro thing, but they don't like push it. Like they're they're not trying to make it crazy. Like it just yeah. is.
1: J- Jody, did you watch BoJack Horseman?
0: I have not seen that one. I okay. think I saw another one who has a similar voice, Archer. It's like the same voice, right?
1: Is that also Will Arnett? I, I could not be watched. wrong. Yeah, I haven't only, watched Archer. I've
0: yeah. only seen bits and pieces. Like, I feel like I am one of those people who would really love adult cartoons, but not a lot of them have, like, connected with me because they are a little, like, much. But this one, this one I'm really enjoying. Like, even if we don't talk about the next four episodes, like, I'm going to finish the series. I think it's cool. Um,
2: H. John Benjamin is the voice of Archer. Okay. And also the dad on Bob's burgers apparently
0: he has a really <laughs> like recognizable voice yeah yeah yeah
2: so I've I've only seen like an episode or two of Bojack Horseman yeah. but I have watched Archer
1: um what about Idiocracy
2: Mm-mm. I've okay. seen that
1: okay Bridget yeah
2: oh you gotta watch it. it it's it's an interesting like commentary on society especially when you look at it in like comparison <laughs> sometimes to what we're also you know living currently <laughs> sometimes it's kind of crazy
1: it's it's set in a alternate future as is um fired on mars clearly this fired on mars i mean it, it could almost be like current day but told as though certain events in our past transpired differently to where now we have already an established colony on Mars and there's a certain um well enough developed presence to where they are now bringing just ordinary people uh, and and have built a you know business complex and yeah it's just a, a standard you know cubicle farm workplace now that they have there and I mean if we ever get to that point it'll probably be several decades out from from where we are currently so Who knows, um, you know, how things would be done uh, by the time we've we've gotten to that point. Um, But yeah, in this show, it it is kind of just funny how plain and ordinary everything seems in, you know, despite the very futuristic setting, you know, the sort of total recall style uh, premise.
0: What we need to talk about a little bit, because like it is a very plain space is, what is this like sleepy tub portal thing that they get put in as punishment? Like, is it actually supposed to be killing them? What like Mm -hmm. when these people get in trouble, like they're put to sleep in a tank.
1: I have a theory for that. Yeah. What's your theory? Well, they are testing various technologies, um, at Marsley, including things like. cryogenics. So for like deep space travel, you know, the, you know, theory is that you would want to um, freeze people in sort of a suspended animation state. Um, and so this is somewhere between that and just kind of uh, extended hibernation. It's a it's a tank where you're floating in water mm-hmm. and I, it's not as extreme as like a, a cryogenic tube like in the alien movies, but, um, you know, they're just testing this sort of dangerous uh sort of uh, experimental you know highly on the experimental technology <laughs> yeah yeah they they just need anyone to to be a test subject so they'll pay you if you want to risk your life to to hop in these uh, tanks i guess
2: well i think used... it's i'm oh, sorry <laughs> well i was gonna mm-hmm. say i think it's kind of commentary on like how corporate yeah kind of like churns people out if you're not like a high ranking person, they're like, yeah, you're expendable.
0: Yeah. Like if you're not a cog in the wheel and like the problem is like on Mars, because he's kind of like, okay, like not that he was going to quit, but it's like, if you leave the corporation, they're not going to provide you with like food or housing. You're going to be stuck on Mars. Like with, no- I mean, with nothing, hard- Yeah, <laughs> exactly this harsh environment. And I do feel like just from stories, people have told me of working in, like larger corporation settings is it is kind of like that like if you start to push against the grain there's another line of people that can you know be the next uh graphic designer or whatever <laughs> so it it does kind yeah. of feel like that like you you want to get some you want to advocate for yourself but really they don't uh, typically they yeah. don't care like the you go survive on mars is what they'd probably say
2: But yeah i mean i will say like they like and they're always like oh we want you know we want the movers and the shakers and then you move and you shake and they're like "Ooh, not like no no no, no. (laughs) i don't want discourse i just want you to have good ideas that i can take credit for um (laughs) speaking from experience um and it is one of those things like you leave and they're like oh yeah like if you leave they're just gonna replace you And Mm. so I'm like, yeah, I think it's very much like, oh, yeah, we can put like the people who are being bad or like people we can just, you know, we don't need in (laughs) the testing cryo sleep to see if uh, they die Mm. or not. Because like technically he only died technically because uh, the, the doctor was in there being naughty. Uh, and
0: <laughs> hitting things yeah <laughs> drinking his little wine like yeah
1: he was injured when they put him in there he you know the airlock broke and so he got sucked out and and so like he had never oh, even woken yeah. up from that incident and then they put him in there and then I guess um like <laughs> they didn't properly flush his bowels before they oh, did so <laughs> That.
0: He was just floating in poop water, basically. Uh, <laughs> and he's, uh, like, crying blood when he comes out. That was just, uh, as he, uh, like, gets his next job and he, like, appears in the door and there's, like, blood trickling down his cheeks.
1: Yeah, it, well, because so it is an interesting situation because, you know, if you get fired from your job, you just, you, I don't know, you'll go on unemployment try to get a new job or whatever. Um but he's not on Earth, so Marsley is the only employer. So, so he has to get like a stipend or some, you know, some way of surviving while he's there. They will still feed him and stuff. But uh, if he he starts to show some resistance, the idea of being, um, you know, put to use by being the tank test subject, uh, and and once he does that, then you know the higher Brandon and Darren are like, well. You know, you've got uh, your uh, your living situation to where you know that's when they start to play that card of like you don't want your food uh, allowances to get you know cut off or, or the, your living space to get uh, you know taken away from you. So it's uh, yeah it's it's a lot of these weird awkward situations of you know they're they're dressing up and tailoring their language these bosses to as, um, you know, soft and, you know, it's, it's the typical corporate speak. It's the veiled.
2: Veiled um, threats. <laughs> yeah, threats, exactly. Yeah, they're like, ooh, we're going to say this in a way that you think we're being nice, but we're really being crazy. Uh- <laughs> uh, I, like, and I, I just I, want yeah. to know where the
0: HR department is in this building because, well, actually, I don't even know because maybe no. what they say isn't actually against the rules. Like Bridget has worked in, a, in this like environment. Philip, have you ever worked in like a corporate? Space?
1: Yeah, not no, not to this extent. Neither yeah, Dream Dreamspiration, where he eventually becomes an intern. <laughs> yeah, that's the uh, that's the name for their HR department. Um, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I mean, if there's only one company on Mars that's running the whole show, then. Uh, then things can get a little loose but yeah the the whole farce of corporate speak is sort of um i'm sure if you're used to to addressing people in that way all the time it it doesn't only affect your speech and your conduct around coworkers but it's it's probably it probably infects these guys thinking overall too like they're mm-hmm. probably operating in some kind of almost simulated reality at that level or just in general we kind of get the sense that people who occupy these positions of status within corporate america within the structures of capitalism like they're just very out of touch and you can see why now you know through these examples of everything they do is being put through this just extremely um, distorted filter
2: Well, yeah, I mean, you see it with Reagan, like Jackson really, like literally has to gas her
0: (laughs) to his nitrous oxide
2: to make her a nice person.
0: Okay, (laughs) I'm not gonna lie though. I would love like, you know, I'm self-employed or whatever. I would love to have somebody so desperate to please me that they would put gas in the (laughs) air to calm me down before I read my emails. That guy, he's awesome. And I mean, you realize that he has some childhood trauma in a, like episode three that he was used to be like a very overweight uh-huh. kid or something, but I, I like him a lot. I would hire him on the spot. Yeah. Okay, I like Jackson. He was like, he's like, here, let me blow dry her hair. You're doing a bad <laughs> job.
1: <laughs> yeah. She demands, you know, a 30 minute tea ritual every day. It's, it's pretty great.
2: The lemon water, but you can't the, touch the rind.
1: Um, She makes that. It, there's a, moment where she makes a snide comment to Jeff about um, you know wanting water and uh, you know and it should just be assumed that she wants lemon water and so she just gets weirdly agitated when he
0: yeah the way she says it back to him she's like (laughs) oh yeah like I just want something that's going to inflame my stomach and have no antioxidants and no And he's like, okay, so plain water then? She's like, no, with the lemon. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, you need to refresh me. And she's
2: like, I do the receiving. I don't do the refreshing. Mm -hmm. She's like, I'm not here to teach you nothing. And and that's another thing I feel like with HR. So a lot of times, and I feel like people don't realize this, at least in most corporate structures, is that HR does not work for you, the employee. They work for the Mm -hmm. company. And like, yeah, yeah, like they're going to protect the company unless it's like something, you know, crazy, like, like sexual assault or something crazy like that. But nine times out of 10, they want to protect the company because that's who they work for. Um, and so like their HR department isn't even HR. Mm-hmm. They're like, mm-hmm. you know, the internal cheerleaders that have to convince everyone that they're happy and that they don't, they would, they want to be there versus dying. So it's like, <laughs> they're not even like a real HR. <laughs> like, that's what she says. She's like, we're the only reason that half these people haven't killed themselves. And so yeah, like, yeah. yeah, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> they're more therapists. And cheerleaders than they are like actual hr people
1: i mean you're so isolated you'd be so alone yeah that would be such a such a epidemic that that they'd be constantly dealing with of course Uh so yeah i i love that this show digs into these crazy you know psychological uh aspects of of you know i mean that's that's what a lot of these adult comedies are there for bojack horseman You know, it's a similar case of a character struggling with depression, but he's got, you know, unlimited wealth and fame. You know, he's Hollywood, a member of the Hollywood elite. But, um, you know, (laughs) finds some way to screw up his life, you know, whatever it takes, Uh, addiction and uh, just broken relationships. Uh, but Jeff, you know, he doesn't have the same kinds of luxuries that Bojack Horseman does. So his, his spiraling sort of manifests in in a more, he, I guess, relatable fashion.
0: He does. Yeah, it is relatable because he does have the internet. And when he's trying to create like Jeff 2.0 and mm-hmm. like come up with a plan on how to better himself, I thought it was so funny because I don't know if you guys have ever Googled like how to be happier like how to look better something like that you get so many like bogus like websites that pop up and like one of it kind of like goes to his computer screen when he's like googling you know how to be the best I can be blah blah blah. and it's like best deodorant quiz like (laughs) how to be hot by these next six steps or like all these like really Mm -hmm. cheesy like it's the scene i think in the fourth episode but do you know what i'm talking about where it's like yeah take take this quiz and find out if you can actually be happy or like i I can't remember all of them but that was so funny because that is exactly the like the shit that pops (laughs) up when you try to google stuff like that it's like oh buy this like lotion and like you'll be happy because like the antioxidants or whatever you know there's always just something random online like they're ready to sell you or get you to click on
2: yeah yeah there was one that was like she
0: she was ugly and now she
2: might be hot. And I was like, "What?" But and you see it. Honestly, I feel like they should have more social media within this as well. Because like I in groups, like people are always pushing like these like lotions and scrubs and they're like, oh, it's going to get rid of mm-hmm. your cellulite. And I'm like, no, it's not. These people are airbrushed. I'm like, just go to the gym. Cellulite's normal. Like mm-hmm. it's normal. <laughs> but like people get sucked into it because they're like, yeah, that's what I want to I want something that's going to fix it quick Mm -hmm. and little as work as possible, as quickly as I can get it. And I'm like, you're just going to spend $60 on a lotion that does nothing but moisturize your body.
1: There's a moment where you see Darren even getting sucked into a mobile gaming ad. Do you remember that part? It's like the really busty lizard lady. And it's like a fantasy. Oh, yeah. (laughs)
2: He's like, I'm doing something. (laughs)
1: Uh, that's when i think jeff is confronting him about wanting um to to take the place yeah carol (laughs) there was a gravity incident so they figured out something with like artificial gravity here because the the gravity is more or less similar to earth whereas you know in reality i think the gravity is kind of like half or even less than half of earth's on mars maybe more like a quarter so So they'd be able to, like, jump around, you know, super high within the offices, at least. Uh, And then you see the episodes where uh, Jeff is working outside and he's able to lift those rocks, just the huge rocks, basically the size of him. uh, No problem.
2: And he starts to get jacked, though. He's like, yeah, "Yeah." getting some (laughs) muscle. Yeah,
1: no, it's great. That's like showing how, you know, just a simple task and, and sort of being in that meditative state of you know he's he's uh literally breaking the earth but it's not with a little garden it's uh you know it's actually outdoors and uh with these giant rocks that he's put sorting into piles uh but he's doing that enough and eventually you know it's, it's causing a- actual change in his life to occur unlike a lot of these other quick fix solutions Mm -hmm. that he's been sucked into
0: yeah he actually has to like have that change in lifestyle and he has i don't know if that's like his little helper or who is that guy can you guys refresh me like who his partner is is once they start doing that it was it was like it started with an s so he he is his assistant Sluggo. Yeah, he is Sluggo's assistant. Yeah. Okay, because there's a there's a scene earlier in the series where he's sort of like in La La Land. I think he might be in the tank, but he's sort of having these like Lord of the Rings like moments and he I has bet. this little helper riding like a pony with him. Orlock. I- yeah, because he watches these like the Ring of Solomon like movies before he goes mm. to bed. Mm-hmm. So he's sort of like that is Lord of the Rings, right? He's sucked into it- that lore. It's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of it kind of reminds me of the animated Lord of the Rings, not
2: the movies with the real people in it. The one that he was watching kind of reminded me of the like OG uh,
0: animated ones.
2: Yeah, but yeah, that's um, kind of
0: what that is. He's always he like, munching on his chips, watching that, and then it yeah. sort of infiltrates into his his world or his dreams.
1: Ralph Bakshi with the sort of janky animation. I love, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's especially fitting for you know the, a TV level animation style. Uh, and I mean, I, I love the the style here, like uh, Life on Mars. It's, it's a gorgeous looking show, in my opinion, or Life on Mars. It's Mar- really fluid, from
0: Mar- like there's nothing super choppy. And granted, yeah. I know like other animated shows, they started a lot earlier with animation, but sometimes you start watching a newer show and it seems like they don't have the budget to have it so like clean and nice. Even I'm trying to think of the one, I think it's called like Northman or something on Netflix, but okay. up North it's really like choppy this is so smooth like I feel like
1: there are and there are ones that are know, it's almost like the- yeah they're they're the sort of um shadow puppet style like flash animation where it's a little too smooth There is it's too computer simulated the, the movement um I mean the, hmm. there's a certain Logic to using that in its own, you know, it right as a as a style. They're like the the Fairly Odd Parents style of cutout characters, and it works really well in a context like that. But you know, it's uh, it's using the computer to fill in like the in between frames, and that can turn kind of artificial looking. Whereas this this looks very traditionally hand drawn frame by frame, and I, I like how they preserve that aesthetic. Uh, I don't know if they use shortcuts to get there, um, but if they did, it, it, there's maybe eight ways using artificial reality now or artificial intelligence that that um, you're able to to simulate that in a, in a very convincing manner. But there, I don't know if you've seen any of the some of the more recent Scooby Doo series on HBO Max
0: the velma thing
1: not that Uh, don't get me
0: started i hate the new look that's the gooby i haven't i haven't seen (laughs) it i haven't seen it
1: did you yeah jody have you seen like clips of velma
0: no but i've seen like i've seen trailers for it so i kind of i kind of get what you're saying
1: yeah i'm curious what do you think of that animation style um is that a lot more i
0: like this better like I don't like that kind of thing where it's almost like, I don't know how to explain it, where they're like running in place and then they move. Yeah, I don't know. I like this. I like the smoothness of this. I feel like this was very like realistic cartoon. I
1: I wonder, they they must have just put in a little extra, I guess I don't know if, if the production value of Fired on Mars is such that like they're positioning it as a premium offering from, you know, max for its debut or something along. But as much as I am enjoying it now, I mean, we have yet to see if this has the level of like cultural penetration that, uh, giggity. something like a, mm-hmm. a family guy or, a, you know, even Archer Bojack horse, like, these are all kind of household names. Um,
0: I had only heard of this show once before you guys brought it up. So I also feel like they haven't yeah. really cultivated a super big audience at the jump. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys saw a lot of promotions of this series, but mm-hmm. I didn't at all. So like that also is gonna maybe hinder, yeah, the response. And not everybody has HBO Max. Off. I've I mean, just been, thing.
1: yeah, watching uh, a couple shows on a weekly basis: Succession and Barry. And then this popped up underneath those, um, and I decided to check it out. Uh, those other Scooby Doo cartoons I was referencing. Um, are sort of some more recent um, series where they really try to mimic that classic Hanna Barbera design, you know, from the late '60s, early '70s, and they do a really good job of it. Uh, but it's just, you know, it's the full 16 by 9 aspect ratio, just very clean looking. Um, but but it does look like a traditional hand drawn show, and to me, this sort of matches sort of that um, that vintage style in a way. Uh, so that's yeah. that's why I was kind of drawn to this, particularly.
2: Well, when you brought it up, I thought you meant like the most recent reiteration that they have done of Scooby-Doo, where everyone looks weird now. I thought that's what you meant. Yeah. And I was like, I don't like... There's been so many. They keep changing the way they look. Yeah. And I know it's because they're doing different animation styles, but I'm like, just take them back to what they look like when they looked like people.
1: <laughs> so this precise show, I was thinking of is called scooby-doo and guess who every Mm. episode features like a celebrity guest and i didn't i've watched maybe a couple episodes but i didn't stick with it because it is kind of gimmicky in that way it's clearly tailored for very young audience it seems um so it it looks great
2: yeah so i looked it up that is the animation style i prefer scooby-doo in yeah which is probably because i grew up with it looking like that the way it looks now is no I hate it. <laughs> uh,
1: Scooby and Scooby Doo and Guess Who. Like, yeah, I would just watch this basically for the the vibes and the look.
0: <laughs> the vibes.
1: <laughs>
0: no, exactly right.
1: But uh, yeah, I just haven't given it the time. I don't know. It's it, I I could see myself getting more in the habit of putting stuff on, just kind of in the background to, you know, to vibe out to you know all the random stuff that's out there. I just most most of my leisure time is spent kind of listening to podcasts or music or YouTube, watching YouTube or listening to YouTube. You know, depending on you know how conducive a lot of this content is to just uh, you know listening in uh, passively, because so, so much of the stuff I do find on YouTube is basically just podcasts with uh video clips uh (laughs) attached to them um so yeah like uh video essays and such you know stuff like that but uh uh, these more creative pieces of content like you know the scooby-doo show like um you know what a lot of people do which is put on older sitcoms friends seinfeld the office and just kind of have these on as passive viewing um you know that's it's definitely something that um is a major part i think of modern media consumption and uh it's it's not so much part of my habitual viewing um but i'm just wondering about you guys do you do you have like this this, these comfort style you know put it on in the background yeah
0: Yeah, I definitely, I switch between Seinfeld and The Office. So it's actually the two that you mentioned, and I think those are pretty common. And then around the Christmas season, I always get like the little wishes to start watching Gossip Girl, which is like since I've seen it so many times I can passively have it on and I do a lot of my work just from the computer so I'm basically just listening to it but I'm not necessarily sure if that's a good habit for me to have I don't know if there's ever been research on it like having shows in the background and what that does to your attention span Mm -hmm. so I've been trying to do it a little bit less because I've noticed my attention span has gotten shorter and shorter whether that be TikTok or just like the chaos of life like I don't know but yeah. So, so I will say for me is I have to have
2: stuff on in the background. I cannot be in a quiet space because my brain would not do that. So, <laughs> so, so like my comfort shows, well, and I also do that when I go to sleep, because if I don't, then I will, if it's something new, I'll watch it and I'll stay up all night. Um, or I can't sleep in the dark either because I will just really? sit there and think all night. I will sit there. I will think all night. My brain will just be like, Oh my gosh, blah, 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 blah. What are we doing yeah. tomorrow? What are we doing in a week? Like, it'll just keep talking.
1: It ha- happens to me yeah. periodically. The other night I, I had a night like that. And it was after i would like gone for a hike in the park nearby. So you know, I'm trying to get a little more physical activity. In, but uh, if I am not getting a, very consistent physical activity, I will compensate with caffeine. <laughs> But the two combined <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. make for an, an explosive combination yeah. that I was uh, <laughs> suffering from recently. So I've, I've been on a sleep deficit for like the past couple of nights, unfortunately. So
0: yeah, that's... you're like, this is a, a nice bout of insomnia that I have. No. Now. Exactly. That was like the other, this has nothing to do with it, but you're talking about like your circadian rhythm and stuff. On yeah. Mars, are like days and nights even the same, do you think? There, I just had all that's these random question. questions about Mars as I was watching it. Because I'm like, obviously, they're living like it's Earth. And he's calling his wife without like there being some major time zone difference or whatever. So I was like kind of thinking to myself, I was like, how does this all actually work? Obviously, th- that's oh. not a real question you need to ask during a cartoon. But
1: it's uh, it's almost exactly one day. It's oh. uh, one day, 37 minutes.
0: Oh, well, almost, then I guess yeah. it could work out to call your loved one. Mm-hmm
1: didn't do you okay jody yeah we went to the same high school did you take psychology class and of course that that teacher mr ockery he was big on things like circadian rhythm and stuff he was a coach um yeah i yeah. took him,
0: that class and i really liked mr ockery i felt like he was a very real person teacher if that makes sense he was very <laughs>
1: passionate um mm-hmm. and i remember a detail of like how human circadian rhythm will if, if we're deprived of exterior stimulus for whatever reason, we seem to gravitate towards a 25 hour day. Um, so yeah, this is almost closer to what certain studies have revealed to be a more natural human circadian rhythm, the close to a 25 hour day versus a 24 hour day. It's kind of a,
0: that is, that is interesting. I just read something a little bit similar about how like there's, the rhythm of life, you know, like the, the, the eight hour work day, the wake mm-hmm. up time the go to bedtime or whatever is all based off of like a male biological cycle. Whereas like the female cycle changes within like 28 to 32 days. So like if the female cycle had like, you know, defined our culture, mm. there would be like hard weeks and light weeks and hard weeks because the way like women energy levels go, mm. it's like in a flux within 30 days, but the way like the male biology works it's it's like a 24-hour <laughs> clock that's like good in the morning slow in the afternoon good in the evening whereas like yeah. females it's like based more <laughs> off of like longer days i was reading about that so it's like it's funny to think about like what our world would be like if we went off of our own rhythm like whether it'd be a 25-hour work day or if you're a girl mm-hmm. like maybe you'd work two good weeks a month and then you'd have know, two weeks off or something you know it'd be kind of cool that, if we could That'd be perfect yeah, you could erase the standard and <laughs> sort of i don't remember the, the exacts of it but it is kind of weird to think about like how our bodies might have a different rhythm than like what our culture
2: expects from us you know yeah. well and that's another thing i've actually seen studies so like in my case and i don't know how it links to like other things like anxiety and depression so people um with adhd typically have a different like rhythm and so it's like we do better from like 11 a.m. to like 2 p or like yeah 11 a.m. to like 2 a.m. whereas like people I guess who don't have it function better from like 7 a.m. to like 8 p.m. and I'm like yeah that makes sense because I'm a night owl and so is my mom and so is my sister and we all have ADHD but then you know I have my husband who does not have that and he, he's like I need to go to sleep at 8 30 and I'm like well <laughs> I will go to sleep at midnight <laughs>
0: And that's I only because I force myself to like, and I have
2: to force myself to go to sleep because I'm like, I have to like function during the day and I have to take my kids places during the day and schools at, you know, eight in the morning. And I'm like, this, this is, this is dumb. This should all start at like 10. <laughs> well, it would be so yeah. much easier for me if it started at 10. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and men, you know, were built more like a, a block of wood, I guess. It's, you know, they're not as many kind of hormonal things going yeah. on typically. Um, so like we, we're more easily able to condition to just this rhythm that doesn't account for weekly or monthly fluctuations. Um, so it makes sense that that kind of just became standardized. Um, obviously, the, you know, the, the workplace has been, you know, the, um, traditionally the province of, you know the man of the household the male of the household and the you know classical uh madman style uh archetype is you know you, you've got the woman at home she's the uh homemaker and child rearer and uh, and child bearer <laughs> um, but uh yeah, obviously nowadays you know we need to accommodate for people to you know, make whatever decisions they want regarding their careers and so that means you know employing maybe more creative ways of running a, a workspace mm-hmm. and that's exciting to like try kind of these new strategies of how we uh you know go about running our our businesses
0: it- um, It really is like a slow, weird renaissance. I mean, I don't work in a corporation, but like Ryan does. So I've got to hear how things have kind of flexed and changed and almost not. I'm not saying like USAA is like super duper open minded or whatever, but you do see these big businesses are at least reevaluating some of it. It seems like, you know, I mean, again, they'll still probably send you off to Mars without any food or no tent. But (laughs) I do think that our generation is coming into potentially like Philip said, like creative options for the traditional workplace, whether it's like letting people work from home or letting them do six hour, eight hour. I don't know enough about it, but it does seem like there's been a little more give in all of that lately. I don't know. Does Godfrey work in a corporate space? Does he, has he seen flexibility? Uh, So
2: yes and no. So he works for the U S patent office. And so they're like, They're like the Department of Commerce. So they're like government employees. Sounds
0: corporate to me.
2: Yeah. They're Mm -hmm. like government employees and they're kind of corporate, but they're government employees. So it's like a different, it's a different level of corporate. It's, I guess, government corporate. Um, So like what, like, so for them, I guess everyone had to work in Alexandria in Virginia. And then once COVID happened, like he got hired on during the pandemic. And so they Mm -hmm. were like, oh, there's a chance that we might make everyone come into the office then you would have to move to Virginia, which is fine. Cause that's where he's from. Um, but they were like, actually like, it was like after a month or two after his training, they were like, actually we decided people who are working from home, they can just work from home forever. And that's fine.
0: Yeah. That's um, what they did with Ryan as well. Yeah, like, he, They're like anyone who lives within 30 minutes of Tampa, like get your booties back in the office. But then <laughs> they went from like four days in the office to three. And I feel like they, I feel like they're trying to listen to the demands of the mo- I don't know if you'd call it the millennial demands or the what's under us, the Zers. Uh, yeah. and C, I
2: think it's a, I think it's a mix. Um, Cause I, and that's something So like when I left um, my job, so I left as soon as God forgot his job um, because I was like, no, because so I worked from home with two kids for two years, basically. And I was doing great doing the best I'd ever done in my career. And then they were like, Ooh, they said the pandemic's over now. So you guys have to work three days in the office and two days at home. And I was like, no, I have been working in my pajamas, not washing my hair for <laughs> months, months and months and months now I'm not. Well, and it's like, you don't even think about all this stuff you have to do, especially like as a parent, it's like, oh, I now have to get myself ready, get my kids ready, take one to school, take one to my parents, then go to work, drive to work, sit in traffic, go to work, work all day and then sit in traffic again and pick everyone up and then come home and make dinner and go to sleep. And I was like, I don't want to do that. I'm not doing that. So now, so I left there and then, so basically I'm like technically a homemaker, but I do. Um, oh,
0: I love it. Mm, I mm, love the air quotes.
2: quotes. <laughs> technically. Well, cause oh. I am, I, I, I am, but I work yeah, no, part time yeah. as well. I do bookkeeping, but that's more for my sanity because I have to do more than uh, just look at my kid all day. <laughs> I <laughs> would go crazy. Like Godfrey's here, but like not really. So Like, occasionally, I'll be like, hey, what are you doing? I need to talk to an adult. And so, yeah, it's, like, it's interesting, like, twist. But so, where I work part-time currently is, like, everyone works from home. None of us work in, like, an office. Mm -hmm. So, it kind of works out. It's interesting. But I will say, because, so like, currently in the workforce, there's five generations, which is, like, the most generations that's ever been within the workforce. So, you have, like, yeah. So, you have the boomers. You have... Gen X, Gen Z, millennials, and then who's above Boomers? I can't remember what they're called. Uh,
0: uh, the Silent Generation. I think that's what it
2: was because they, like the they were like the Cold War. They're like the Cold War people. Um, sure. Because because of the recession in 2009, um, a lot of people lost like retirements and stuff. So people are not leaving the workforce mm. like sooner anymore because in then, you know retirement age gets pushed out. So you have like this huge like range of people. But the majority, like they're going to start retiring. And then, the, you know, the bulk of people is going to be like Gen X, Millennials, and Gen Z. And then eventually Gen Alpha, which is very mm-hmm. close, apparently. My, my two kids are Gen Alphas. So it's really weird. They just started okay. over in the alphabet. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so it's like, I think that we're definitely going to see a shift, I would say, within just work environments in general, in the next like 10 to 15, maybe 20 years. Because all the people who... We're working when it was like, you know, the Mad Men-esque era and like the men work out of the home and mm-hmm. you, you don't talk to your, your director at your job. You talk to your manager and your manager will talk to them. Like there's like, there's like in the older generations, there's like a big, like hierarchy of like respect that you did not talk to people above you and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas like our generation is like, we see them as like an equal, like mm-hmm. I'll go talk to the director of my company and not think anything mm-hmm. of it. I'm just like, Hey, I have this idea I wanted to give to you. And so it's like, I I actually worked with a lady who um, coached corporate offices on how to work together over the generations because people who are 65 don't relate to people who are 21. And so they'd be like, how do we work with each other? And she would go and like work with them and their management teams. So I've done, I've listened to a lot of stuff about this. I could go on forever.
0: (laughs) No, I mean, it, it actually all ties in with fired from Mars because it's like, not everybody's yeah. going to be a jeff like and it is going to have to flex and move like you said as as these generations wave in and out you know it's interesting
1: jeff he can casually walk into darren's office and darren's the head honcho of the whole Marsley operation on mars so yeah there's you know at least a formally accepted culture of openness at this uh organization which is is very commonplace within the modern business space you know people talk about having an open door policy and everything so it's just a way to you know ostensibly to make people feel more democratized and and uh (laughs) equanimous or no or whatever, Mm -hmm. whatever i'm trying to fish for here Yeah. Yeah. To not make it seem like there's this oppressive hierarchy.
0: It sure ain't the money keeping people happy. (laughs) Everybody's broke. So they've got to feel like they have something else coming out of it. than like they're, I don't know what the average income is, but clearly not enough.
1: (laughs) It's a whole world, these large corporations. And, you know, a lot of a lot of it can be wasteful where you just have people kind of not doing a whole lot but still able to get paid for it so i mean god bless them for uh you know just at least going punching a clock and uh showing up i I mean we do hear a lot about like big corporate layoffs and stuff so you know there's uh, a certain risk with being a part of a company like that where
2: yeah where
0: they where the ai is like stomping on in and like (laughs) scooping up every last job like we could do a whole podcast episode of like my jody's fears of ai
2: (laughs) well unless they make unless they make like ai robots that look like princesses you you should be good
0: (laughs) yeah i'm probably good but i don't even it'll it'll need to be its own episode bridget like don't get me all riled (laughs) up my circadian rhythm is messed up believe me with uh,
2: my husband uh, entering into doing art he likes to draw on things he him and I had many 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 discussions about AI and like AI art and things he very much has a distaste for it because they actually like make AI that can like sound like singers like certain like singers and rappers and then they basically just like have it create a song and I'm like no Let's not do that.
0: (laughs) I heard of a thing where you can, I don't know if it's true or not. And this is going to like spiral us off topic, but you can like put these goggles on and basically AI will help you like fix your toilet. Like the goggles will show you like what steps to take because it scans the toilet you have. And you like, I don't think people understand like how, how it's going to infiltrate so much. And like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I I'm,
2: so yeah. you're saying we're gonna be yeah. iron
0: man we're gonna have jarvis that's what you're telling me <laughs> i just think like the s- skill set that like requ- is required for jobs is gonna like just change immensely like i don't know if we're gonna need so many truck drivers i don't know if we're gonna need so many you know plumbers even yeah. like jobs like even like people who- of course obviously social media people like they're gone I do think there'll always need to be a human connection, but let me tell you, like Jeff's little office, like that could probably go from 700 people to like 70 with AI. That's what I think, but we'll see. I mean, we're gonna live through it. That's the fun part.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm I very mean, interested to see what that's gonna be like in the next like 30 years. We'll see how it...
1: People are gonna have our time coping with the change and it, there's gonna be a lot of griping, you know, from people who really only know to gripe because they have difficulty really even understanding why things are changing the way they are but it's uh as long as people aren't like starving and dying in the street you know if there's not this extreme scarcity that develops because there are fewer people working then. I mean, I feel like we can all find ways to derive purpose for our lives, yeah. whether we're working a formal job or not. That's um, true
0: too. It's an opportunity to maybe, if people no longer are so needed for these types of jobs, as long as we can still provide for them the stability, like maybe we get the next Mozart or something, or or an AI Mozart, <laughs> I don't know. That's yeah. what I was gonna say. I, I
2: will say that, um, and you know, I would love to harp on capitalism. Um, but really, it's like that I think that it maybe is that could be an answer because it's like right now it's like you people are kind of forced to work and they're kind of forced to work in things that they don't necessarily care about because like you have bills and you have you have to eat and you have to pay your ridiculous like rent or mortgage or whatever. Um, and you have to do all this just to survive. And it's like, oh, OK, well, you know, if like we were able to give some of these jobs to like AI or robots or whatever, um would we have more time to do that or would, you know, they just, would they just find like meaningless jobs to fill because it's like part of capitalism. It's like, you got to grind. Mm. You have to, you have to make sure Stack. that you're everything that you're doing is worth this money we're giving you. Stack
1: and rocks. so it's like, would
2: it, yeah, like <laughs> we're all going to go live on Mars and uh, we're going to corporate office moving, moving rocks. <laughs> so it's like, would it be better? Would it be worse? Who knows? It could give us more time, which would be nice as long as we're still getting paid for that time
1: maybe that's the what they're testing the tanks for you know i guess one way to deal with this existential you know loss of purpose um as we see demonstrated by jeff you know it's it's going out and just doing hard manual labor for very little discernible reason or if we choose we could also opt for the the sleep tank and just live in a, a virtual space for extended periods of time if we feel like our lives are lacking purpose within, you know, with real, within reality, within actual space, uh, kind of similar to like the total recall concept where you're hooking yourself up to a machine, you know, getting memories implanted in you and doing all that. That's pre- what i saying, thing.
2: like, Maybe like VR. Like, what was the? It what's all the comes movie? back to "Don't the worry, VR darling." Movie? Oh, uh, "Don't worry, darling."
1: There's that. No. There's,
2: oh, it's uh, the it's ready, the video game. Yeah, yes, Ready, ready Player One, where they like they basically like live in the slums, but then you go into the VR like reality, and you're like in this cool game, and you're doing all kinds of cool stuff, and you have like you look different, and like you could do whatever you want because you're in virtual reality. Like, it, that's what it is. So you go into cryo sleep, and you just live in virtual reality
0: you know what's so bizarre there was a poet from like forever ago and i was reading about him now i can't remember his name but he was like adamant that when you're dreaming if you can convince yourself while you're dreaming that that is reality like that is your best life so basically he he would write poems about his dreams while he was awake and he'd hmm. he'd eat like very little and then a lot right before bed so he could sleep as long as he could he basically a lucid dreaming style sure. and it's funny how like yeah that very much could be i mean this is something people probably talk about all the time but if dreams if per, i mean if perceptions reality like why not like is that any better or worse than being a graphic designer on mars like no not to me
1: <laughs> no it's uh it's on sort of um alternate dimension sort of lifestyle you could possibly live within a, a dream space i mean it's you can't really scientifically prove whether that reality is any less valid than the one we're in now Um, it would seem to be just based on how dreams often tend to change arbitrarily as you're in them and like whereas in our reality you know things aren't suddenly morphing and one person doesn't randomly turn into another person like they often do in dreams. I mean, do you find that to be the case in a lot of dreams? Uh, Like you'll be in one situation. It
2: depends on on the dream. Yeah, Yeah. I would say. So I like to do this thing because I'm a I'm a weirdo that when I'm having a dream and I'm not sure if it's like real or not. And I I got it from I got it from Morbid. I got it from the Morbid podcast. You ask Hmm. the people, what's the date? Ask them what day it is, and the people in your dream are like, "What?" and they will not tell you the date. And like, because I was, I was like listening to it, and they were like, "Yeah." Like in my dream, they got like angry. The people in my dream were like angry, and they're like, "Why would you ask that?" And they're like,
0: "What's the date?" My dreams are not that I can't control them to that capacity. I don't think like my Mm -hmm. mom can. She can kind of control her dreams like that, where she's like, she can make herself fly, or she can ask a question, but I feel like in my dreams, I'm pretty much like experiencing them. I'm not directing like, so that's cool to me that other people's brains give them sort of like the autonomy to like mess around or like, yeah. I don't know. That's cool.
2: Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, I mean, sometimes the dream is just weird. And then I wake up and I'm like, okay, I thought it was a dream, but there are some dreams that it's like, it seems it's like, you know, have you ever had the dream where you like, you're in your house, but the house that you're in is not your house. Oh yeah. That you live it. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many dreams I have like that and like really weird things are happening. And I'm like, okay, I know this isn't real. This is, this is not a real dream. I'm clearly, I'm clearly still asleep. And so, yeah, I'll just do weird stuff. And then eventually like I wake up, especially but, like, Oh, bad dreams. I do it with bad dreams for sure. i am like, I do not like what's happening. You need to wake up now. We're waking up <laughs> and I'll like wake up in a sweat and I'm like, ah, I was yeah, right. But- <laughs>
1: I guess if you're lucid enough to like remember detail afterwards, um, then you might be lucid enough to point out when things, you know, are are behaving strangely. Yeah. If you're in a house that uh, you're supposed, you're meant to think it's your house, but it clearly, you know, it doesn't resemble uh, your real house or, or things are constantly changing around as you're walking through, you know, none, none of the spatial uh dynamics make any sense as you're kind of passing from one room to the next um so things like that um you know seem to be commonplace for me like when i'm dreaming but for whatever reason my my mind isn't cognizant enough to notice as i'm in it i'm just kind of accepting of the reality as it's presented um, and it's only if I'm particularly lucid that I might find it, uh, you know, disconcerting. And if that's the case, then I'll probably just wake up.
2: Yeah. That's <laughs> a, one, one thing. If it's a scary dream, cause occasionally, you know, you have a, you have a good scary dream and yeah, it's like, I'm like, nope, nope. I don't like this. You need, you gotta wake up now. Like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wake up.
1: It's like, mm-hmm. I, uh, I know this isn't, you know, <laughs> the i i don't know i thankfully um i i don't have too much trouble sleeping and i i don't find myself in like uncomfortable dreams very often but you uh, know normally it's the the worst it gets the worst it gets is like flashbacks to the school and i haven't done an assignment or something but uh when that happens it's such a relief when i wake up and realize that Oh, none of this stuff matters that I was so uh, paranoid about in my actual dream.
2: Oh yeah, no, my last dream like that was uh, that I did not wake up in time to go to a princess party. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's my nightmare. Yeah. And I, uh, it was all, uh, it was so funny though because it was, it's because I hadn't done one in a little bit, and so I was like, okay, you have to like, you know, start getting it at ten tomorrow, and for this party at noon, and it was for people we knew, and like in my dream, like me and the other princess girls were like hanging out with the family and then I was like oh crap I missed your party and they're like oh. oh it's they were like it's fine just come tomorrow as the princess there's no big deal I woke up in a panic it was like eight o'clock in the morning and I was like okay like I was just super paranoid that I was just like gonna miss it for some reason it, it's dreams work weird in weird ways
1: <laughs> well cool I'm you know I'm- what else can we discuss here? Probably about ready to wrap oh. things up, but yeah.
2: We well, we got off on a tangent earlier. So, comfort shows, The Office, Parks and Rec, mm-hmm. Be and Puppy
0: Cat. It's how on did Netflix. you remember that that was our tangent from like forty minutes ago, Bridget? You're I so took, smart. I took, I took my meds earlier. That's fine. <laughs> <time>. um, <laughs> well, because I was like,
2: we like got off on a tangent, and I was like, I was gonna. Well, what I was gonna say though is that kind of like with philip what philip was saying like Mm. i'm right now i don't really i'm not watching a ton of stuff Mm. i'm mostly like you know listening to youtube while i'm doing stuff or listening to podcasts and honestly i think it's because of streaming services i think it's because there's so many options that i go on there and i'm like i don't want to watch any of this and i'm like maybe it's just like it's almost overwhelming the amount of choice Mm -hmm. you have now with all the streaming options so i tend to default to Watching a comfort show or listening to people talk on YouTube or like in a podcast versus like, and they'll talk about things I've already watched. Like, I listen to people talk about like the Ghibli films and like, um, Sarah Zed, she's the one who did, um, who did the thing. What is it? Well, it's Zed because she's in Canada. She, but it's Sarah Z on YouTube. She recently
1: like did an episode. Well, I don't know if it was her, what's it on AI girlfriends or something was that her I, I, i've seen it recommended on something
2: <laughs> yeah she was the one that i listened to where she talked about the um like the hunger games and divergent and oh
1: that. okay video, who, yeah. video yeah video so she
2: does yeah she does a bunch of like video essays about like movies and shows and so i like listening to her
1: mm-hmm.
2: um i listen to like cinema therapy um i don't know if you've watched that they like they do a lot of like Pixar movies and Disney movies, and they talk about the therapy behind it, mm. um, which I also like. And then you end up like crying with them, and it's a great time. Uh, it depends on my mood, uh, <laughs> <All right. laughs> but yeah. So I'm like, because there's like so many options, I have a tendency to default to like these comfort things. So, like, being Puppy Cat in the office mm-hmm. and Parks and Rec, I've watched a million hundred times, and half the time I'm not even like actually watching them, it's just like for background noise,
1: yeah. I guess, um. Uh... Yeah, sometimes with like white noise or these things that you have on in the background, they can be distracting, but they can also be focusing in a way. They sort of catalyze your attention in a way that, um, you know, you can focus more easily on a specific task um, because... There's only sort of one thing in the background that might be pulling at your attention rather than any number of things, whether they're thoughts or um, sounds, you know, or just uh, uncomfortable silence.
0: I always told myself, like, if I was working in a true office, like I would have background chatter and talk. So Mm -hmm. that makes me feel like a little better about like keeping something playing in the background. Yeah, I mean, you really do.
1: Yeah, things that require a more intense kind of creative draw of your mental faculties, though, I think people will say, you know, these are best done in complete silence. Something like, you know, animating, if you're working at an animation studio or or painting or you know, just things that are fairly intense acts of... Um, creation acts of um, labor (laughs) that that require a a very strong mental component as well as a physical dexterous
0: but when you're unwrapping 300 tiaras then you can just play the music right (laughs) so if it's something that's brainless (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) if you're not yeah Mm -hmm.
0: i agree you don't want to shake off your like creative conscious when you're you know trying to maybe do something that takes a little more of your,
1: there is one thing I heard recently where um, if, if you, your, your brain, it can substitute. So I think a lot of times when, you know, I'm, I'm constantly craving, you know, listening to podcasts or some kind of um, piece of informational educational media um, you know, I I'm wanting to learn something new and, and my, my mind's craving novelty in a way, or else reconnecting with things that feel like they're adding um, freshness to, to my life or something. I, I want to relive uh, you know, nostalgia, novelty. I think these things fill up a similar need uh, for us psychologically. And then there's another thing that can also occupy that space, which is nuance um so even simple tasks like unwrapping tiaras i think you, you can find like if if it's super boring and uh just monotonous th- there's often ways you can still find interesting aspects of of a mundane task um that help you like even more efficiently perform that task like a you know a specific technique for unwrapping. And you'll watch maybe some of these TikTok videos where it's it's just a very satisfying way in which somebody's performing a task very efficiently. And it's like, you know, a chef, you know, chopping sushi or something, or you just general cooking videos of a person chopping vegetables or something. Like the way they're able to do so just so adeptly. Um, it, that's when you're just focusing on something um, without distractions and you eventually develop those skills by just gradually find more and more aspects of that task that you're, um, becoming fixated on and then mastering, you know, one by one, they
0: they say that with exercising too, when it comes to like weightlifting and stuff that yeah. playing music, you might do more, but not listening to music, you do, correctly, more correctly. Does that make sense? Like the music might like have you run like one mile further, but your form when running without the music, your body will try to correct it. Like I've, I've heard things about that. So it's like, if you're new to lifting weights, like you shouldn't be like just listening to music or whatever, because Mm -hmm. you need to be in tune with the teeny tiny ways your bodies are talking to you, like to loosen your neck or to like drop your shoulders or whatever, that that's really important because so many people want to go in there and just like blast their stuff but like mm-hmm. when it comes to certain i mean a lot of different exercise it it one little adjustment can make a huge mm. difference in the i'm not a worker outer so like don't yeah. listen to me but you know yeah, you yeah, know what i'm huge. saying where it's like listening to your body is a big big thing
1: yeah if we can learn to appreciate the nuances of, of things in general um you know it can really enrich our lives in my opinion <laughs> And, and there yeah, seems to be a lot of research to back it up as well.
2: Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I can't say too much. Cause when I, when I do go to the gym, I do need music or I'm like, mm-hmm. what am I doing here? Why am I here? I could leave. <laughs> I'm like, I need to listen to Megan the Stallion while I'm on this treadmill for the next 15 minutes.
1: <laughs> that was what really allowed me to appreciate music though, too, especially like I did a lot of um, rideshare uh, living in LA and um getting to know the nuances of songs I liked. Uh, it, it was, you know, interesting how oftentimes I would find myself appreciating certain pieces of music more and more, the more I listened to them rather than, you know, getting sick of them after hearing them so many times. Um, it was a, you know, it was a nice kind of um, contrast to how I had normally thought about how uh, I thought about listening to music where, you know, if I wear out a song too much, then I'll not really care to listen to it anymore. But there were plenty of exceptions where, you know, certain favorites would almost never fail to, you know, excite me whenever they came on the rotation. And I I just think there's a certain things that, that will do that for us it's like finding you know the perfect partner in life you know the the true love of uh you know of, of finding you know the the uh uh what is it the, your soulmate um you know can be reached uh with certain things that you just never um never tire of hmm. and that's why just getting to know these things more and more deeply more you know having more and more things about them that you can discover and appreciate uh how they affect you you know and i'm talking about so- songs here but the- this can just as easily apply to relationships or activities
0: um yeah anything where you think you might already know it like yeah. maybe you don't if you're not like paying attention i i, I hear what you're saying and i agree with you
1: Yeah, Yeah. you know, not it doesn't Uh, always work. And, uh, you know, humans are, you know, very mercurial and fickle. And, you know, we only have so much time for certain things. Uh, And there are lots of, you know, (laughs) a lot of songs that are popular, for example, um, that I've just never, uh, I feel like I've heard them a million times and they never get more appealing to me see i
2: think the radio has killed that for me because like at least the local channels they literally just play the songs on a loop so like i take my daughter to school every day and i pick her up every day and the same time every day they play the same songs and i'm like by the i'm like man i liked this song but like now i don't so i have to like i'm like okay i guess it's a spotify day because i cannot hear the song again
0: or i will lose it
1: (laughs) yeah Uh, that's
0: why I just listen to you guys on the podcast when I don't get to hop on. Like I get to be the little (laughs) listener. Then I get to talk to myself and be like, no, no, Bridget, let me tell you. (laughs)
2: Uh, Everything you said about the Mandalorian wrong.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We're making this conversation, you know, public for mass consumption. uh, But honestly, yeah, I'm, I'm mainly deriving value from just being able to hash out these various things that I hear you know randomly throughout my day you know on on podcasts or w- wherever um just just these I these things that kind of float around the zeitgeist things that as we uh just you know, learn more and more about the weird ways our human psychology copes with you know, our modern reality you know why certain self-help strategies seem to work and and most don't but uh thanks uh Jody and Bridget for being willing to uh come on and, and uh and really just like <laughs> kind of um I talk don't know. about
0: fired from <laughs> Mars. That's what yeah. we mean, but no, I agree. Well, when yeah. you start talking about sci-fi and you start talking about work culture, like it's gonna spiral out of control. Like
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's good really... thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um I'm excited
0: to know
2: oh, I was gonna say I'm excited to know where the bananas are going
1: <laughs> yeah well yeah I mean there is uh the, each episode I feel like this show doesn't have to end on a cliffhanger but each episode has thus far mm-hmm. and, and one of the cliffhangers you know has kind of been regarding this you know secret group uh people yeah but... <laughs> space cult yeah. space
2: cult space cult that's like are they yeah, he fell into that room, and I was like, "Oh yeah, there's a secret group of people." Mm-hmm. And I like how they're like, "Oh yeah, we well, should just kill him." And then they were like, "Oh, he didn't tell on us. I guess you can stay. i you guess you can join fine. our cult. Like yeah, you can you can come on board." <laughs>
0: no
1: one- we'll, we'll
2: watch. They're probably the movers <laughs> and shakers who are like, yeah. "Oh yeah, we're gonna overthrow, overthrow Marsley." <laughs>
1: Why we're called the Thodcast? There's no topic <laughs> off limits. Uh, just everything and everything can just kind of melt together into one giant pot. You know, ah,
0: melt
1: psychology and and cults and yeah, it's, it's our own little time to kind of vent and and have our mini meltdown <laughs> if we want to, <laughs> at least for me. Uh, but yeah, I I don't know um, anything else interesting going. On? I so it's a it's a big month of pop culture of course may you know may the 4th be with you <laughs> it's uh we, we've got new guardians of the galaxy movie coming up so we got the barbie
0: gears. movie coming up
1: yeah barbie movie. To... that's
0: barbie movie philip can we do that like the We're day monster. after it comes out maybe bridget you me godfrey ryan we can go on like early yes. and then philip go early so we can talk on that i know it's not animated but it's come on it's barbie it's barbie, oh, yeah.
2: barbie. It, um...
1: she's a whole movement you guys are <laughs> excited about it. So that means I am too. Yeah. I'll, I'll happily uh, <laughs> have you guys on for, for some Barbie talk. If that's what you'll want to do, that sounds awesome. Um, you know, I, I I'm assuming you guys are wanting to do little mermaid as well. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know. I am I'm excited for this new guardians movie. It's the third one that comes out soon, you know, uh, this week as of recording um but i don't know do, do you guys you guys deal with certain like costume events where there are like superheroes present but uh how familiar are you with uh with like the guardians of the galaxy
0: jody specifically i'm my understanding is very limited but i do have friends who like work in those little worlds at disney mm-hmm. so i guess i have a bit of it but I haven't seen any of the movies. I do yeah. know the characters though, just because they've become kind of staples with like Hollywood studios and um, the Disney.
1: Yeah, genre. The, the rides too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I was thinking, if you've
2: seen like the big Marvel movies, like the all the for the most part, the characters are in that movie.
1: Mm-hmm. And yeah.
0: Groot. <laughs> so I,
1: I hear this one's supposed to be good. So. I don't. Know, I'd probably be interested in talking about it on the show, but we'll see. Um, you know, see what everyone's schedules are like. But yeah, I'm looking forward to any number of things that are. It was kind of nice having a little time to explore and and discover something new. Uh, fired. Keep wanting to say fired from Mars, <laughs> which would <laughs> see. Uh, you know, it's if you are on Mars and unemployed, like. Can they call a rocket? And are they sending people back? No, it's a one-way trip.
2: Yeah. No, uh, yeah, I you can't. I thought yeah. that too. I'm like, you can't just send them back. And I'm pretty sure that there's like, oh. no, you like die or become like a sewer person. <laughs> I, I'm assuming Sad. that's where the bananas are going. It's like all the people who've ever been fired, and they're like living under under that. <laughs> that that's my theory. That's my theory I, that I'm going with.
1: Yeah, I do get the sense that the show isn't going to venture into anything too dark although it has teased things like that but it often subverts it in a way so i don't know i hope it doesn't get ultra sinister uh because i think it it makes it you know hashtag relatable you know it's (laughs) uh we 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 don't really i I think it's it's more fun when we have this dystopian kind of you know new speak situation and uh and And it isn't quite so overtly like malicious, murderous, you know, people uh, just plotting any kind of uh, means of you know, expediency, uh, what playing with uh, with people's lives. Um, but we'll see if it if it gets into that kind of territory, you know they might need to keep it fresh as the sto- as the show goes along. Uh, Yeah, I mean, if anything, if
2: they're living under the company, at least they're not dead. (laughs) Yeah, My theory saves people.
1: Do you think that some of these uh, corporate stooges have, I don't know, murderous intent or are capable of such?
0: I mean, the end of that fourth episode really has me up in the air because they're wearing those like weird cult cloaks. Like, (laughs) I think I think we're going to have to reconvene Mm -hmm. after a few more episodes drop and kind of see where we're at.
2: Yeah, like, I, I I, have a feeling that it's probably
0: more like secret society type stuff than like
2: murderous cult. Yeah, that, that's my like, cause I have a feeling that it's going to be kind of like a coup kind of thing where they're like, we don't like how you guys are running it. And this is what we want kind of thing based on the characters that are in it that we've mm-hmm. seen so far. And that's why I'm like, hmm, I don't know. I don't know that they're necessarily murderous. It's just like, and I mean, this is like anyone in the corporation. But it's one of those things that they're like, yeah, you are expendable. If you are too much of a problem, we will handle it. But we're gonna try and like put you to sleep first, at least.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Because <laughs> they, they tried. you know, he he did die, and they brought him back. So clearly, so, they didn't want to kill him.
1: Yeah, there's ways to stage accidents. No matter. Uh,
2: you could get decapitated (laughs) by gravity. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No matter how accidental these things seem, you know, they can be arranged. I'm sure. Um, yeah, the, the gravity accident, you know, him getting sucked out the airlock, the, the tank malfunctioning, uh, thank goodness, you know, they do have medical staff though present that, you know, they're just going to do their job to save him. So, you know, I guess, uh, in that kind of situation, you could always get the word from higher up, no, a uh, surgeon. Uh, <laughs> this is a DNR situation., uh, you can step back and we'll just uh, let this uh, unruly employee just kind of uh, expire passively on the table uh, because uh, he or she has not been fulfilling the the vision of of the corporation <laughs> adequately.
2: They're like, see, they signed the DNR, yeah, they signed <laughs> it. <laughs>
1: So that kind of I like that kind of underhandedness more so than just the overt mustache twirling. In this kind of scenario, obviously we need still space for uh, the the over the top broad villains of you know classic Disney animation or you know Star Wars. You know the Emperor Palpatine, Darth Vader, or you know Star Trek people like uh, Khan. Um, But yeah, you uh, insert think piece where people will complain about um all the infiltration of nuanced disney villains because you know when you have to make all the villains uh tra- you know traumatized and relatable and you know psychoanal- psychoanalyze them constantly
2: um, yeah i like i like a villain who's just a villain because they're a villain yeah they're not like ah oh, like like thanos it was like oh yeah like i i can kind of see what he's coming from okay like i like, I don't need to understand the villain. Just be a bad guy, and that's fine. I yeah. don't need a general, yeah. a generational trauma villain. Just don't.
1: More Jack. Just give me Corners. a villain,
2: yeah. More give Jack me like Corners a Joker. Yeah. yeah. Give me a Joker. Give me a Jack Horner. Like sometimes people can just be bad,
0: and yeah. I like that
1: more more Heath Ledger Joe Jokers fewer
0: Joaquin Phoenix Jokers (laughs) I was gonna say I was like maybe you forgot the newer Joker movie because I haven't I I haven't watched it oh don't I think we've told you already before but but like before we log off I'm gonna tell you again unless you're like in a good headspace like don't watch that movie because I was in a bad headspace and I swear for like three days I felt like not good about
2: life (laughs) that I'm not feeling great
0: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I was not feeling great, so I mean, I don't know. Be sure you can snuggle your kids afterwards or something. If, yeah, if you, I don't. Yeah, I, I wasn't.
2: I, I like, and it got so much
0: hype. Like sometimes I feel
2: like thing. If some things get like so much hype, that I'm like, mm, actually, I don't want to watch it. Like Bird Box, I never watched Bird Box.
1: If you want uh. a less, yeah, well, if you want a less kind of cynical, polished corporate product version of Joker. You know, you just watched Taxi Driver, you know, like uh, the original. Yeah, yeah,
2: Robert De Niro.
1: Yeah, Robert De Niro, exactly. Uh, Martin Scorsese. I mean, that's what Joker is trying to play off of. And it's fairly successful, but it's still got that veneer of, oh, this is a DC uh, comics property.
2: Yeah, and I, which I was like, I probably should watch it at some point because I know Lady Gaga is Harley Quinn in the next one or the version of her. So. I'm like I just feel like they should just be evil because they're evil. <laughs> I don't need to know your tortured backstory. Just be just be bad.
1: We I did an episode on Joker with my brother uh, a few years back, so uh, you could listen to that to, uh, to at, at least uh, after you've watched it, you can listen to my because that's how I get uh, enticed to watch films nowadays. Is if a uh, like a podcast or a YouTube co- uh, channel that I like is covering. A movie, then I'll uh, rent the film on, uh, you know, streaming or try to find it streaming somewhere, and then, um, then check out the uh, the commentary afterwards.
2: Uh, oh, yeah, and then you know you have to watch. Like I always, well, if we've like watched something that we, like, kind of avoid watching or like just didn't end up watching, kind of thing. I didn't avoid watching it; I just never ended up watching it. Um, like I'll do that, and then I'll go back and I'll like listen to what people had to say about it, and then be like, hmm. I agree with that. Yeah,
1: yeah generally <laughs> usually
2: I, like I avoided it for a reason.
1: <laughs> I, I enjoy that part of the process more than actually watching the thing <laughs> in many cases. Uh, like even this latest like Evil Dead movie that was that's out in theaters. I uh, I went to see that because one of my favorite YouTube channels was reviewing it. And so I wanted to just make sure I knew all the details of what they were discussing.
0: You got okay. influenced, dude. Yeah, I did. <laughs> In a good way, though. There's great influencers out there, so.
1: Yeah, so, anyway, I mean, it's it's a way to like, you know, continue one's film education. You know, you you follow along like a book club. You know, you're you're watching the new uh, film each week that's being covered on the latest episode. So that's uh, that's the idea. Well, anyways. I mean, uh, the-
2: that's how I ended yeah. up watching the show. I hadn't heard of it before you were like, hey,
0: you should watch it. And I was like, okay, I guess I will.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is my book club. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh yeah, I
2: don't I don't have time for books, but I can watch things.
1: <laughs> um yeah, any final thoughts? Start with you, Bridget. Uh
2: so I will say, so it's an amusing show. I don't hate Jeff. Um, I was worried that I would in the beginning, but he he's he's gotten better. Um, I will say from a marketing standpoint. When they do the flashback and Hannah is talking about their carbon footprint and they're like, oh, we've made these Marsley shoes and it has the footprint and it's like you're leaving your footprint wherever you go. It does absolutely nothing for the carbon footprint. It means nothing, but it just makes people feel better. And I'm like that I cackled. I was like, that is marketing to a T. Oh, yeah.
0: I was, I marked yeah <laughs> I was dying I- because like Mountain Dew bottles or Sprite bottles whatever which I know for once were like green they switched them to clear for the planet but just because they're harder to see as litter so that people don't feel like they're seeing so many Mountain Dew bottles like out in the ocean or out on the streets it's like now that they're clear so it's like one of those things where it's like dude like you're you're not lessening your carbon footprint you little uh, scammers
1: <laughs> My gosh I Okay, I will probably cut parts of this episode because we've gone on. I've done an excessive (laughs) amount of rambling, and it's just it's depressing. Yeah, you can cut all my parts Um, out. No, you guys have been great. (laughs) You guys, I've I've just been kind of listless at times, though I know today, but uh, no, it's good. Uh, I I just have to mention part of when I was being kept up the other night, I was on this thought spiral of how to solve. It was. Very similar. You know how at Starbucks, they, you know, if you get get a discount, if you bring in your own personal beverage container, you know, bring in a personal cup, save 10 cents and, you know, they want people to push sustainability. But if you mobile order, you always get one of their disposable cups. And I like to use their mobile order because I don't wake up early enough to get there in time to place an in-person order to <laughs> use my personal. And I, I actually only have like 20 ounce um, hot Yeti mugs, you know, to-go mug. I, I actually just got today a 12 ounce hot to-go mug. So now I can actually get the discount on a 12 ounce drink um, and not feel stupid being like, can you only put like but a only small if you show
0: up in time.
1: Put a tall in my 20 ounce <laughs> container that's actually a venti it's like i don't want to give them the hassle of that uh well yeah i'll just have to get up earlier so i can get the discount and you also get bonus points at starbucks but i was like you know they were thinking about un- unrolling this plan of you they would have like a uh reusable container to put people's to-go orders in and then people would just transfer from the starbucks reusable container to their own personal cups. Uh, but how would you do that? Because like, what if people stole the reusable Starbucks cups and would you like attach a tether to them? Or, you know, how would you keep- <laughs> This you know, is the, how the a brain prevention.
0: spiral works. Yeah, yeah, this I yeah. About, right. it
1: though. I, I like solved it because a lot of places you do like a check-in, you could do that. Once you get to Starbucks, you could check in so that they know to put it out um, because you're there um or or they could just i don't know you have like a tether thing that they attach to it if the i don't know it's it's all designed to streamline yeah
2: well if it was tethered how would you clean it out
1: (laughs) um just have like a very simple like rfid like a a little key yeah Yeah. or a button there's a button behind the counter that the employees can access (laughs) that releases the tether
0: Oh. It. It's, it's stupid yeah. but well, no that, i do the same thing the night before the ball i'm like wait a minute what if the chairs were on the left of the room instead of the right and like literally yeah. in my head i start moving everything around in the ballroom <laughs> i start like moving the tables and then i get there in the morning and i'm like why did i waste four hours of like my night thinking about this it's fine how it is so i i i've been there
1: yeah and i'm sick of you know wasting these disposable you know these Oh, Coffee cups. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm transferring them to my own because they don't stay warm in the Starbucks cups. I, my Yeti mug works so great at like, it's, you know, it'll be noon and I take a sip from my uh, latte and it's still like warm, which is a miracle. But uh, <laughs> I, uh, I want to be able to do that without, uh, you know, using up a piece of cardboard every time.
2: Yeah, well, that like it, when that happened, I was like, "Oh, that's so funny." Because when I worked in marketing, like we didn't we didn't do anything like that. Because I worked for a sportswear company, mm-hmm. and so, but it was just like, "Oh, it's it's this and that, and it's the best we've ever had." And it's and you just like it's all this like flowery like just mm-hmm. bull crap. <laughs> it's like, do you want this shirt? The end. <laughs> I
1: had a problem though with the drive through because. You know they they don't like to touch lids, and I understand that. I don't think yeah. the employees should touch lids. But if you're handing off a uh, an unlidded container from the drive-through window to the person in the car, high chance of spill. So mm-hmm. how do you get around that? Uh, and I where does I came it up use with, a lid. You would you there? You could make like a really cheap disposable hemp lid that you stick over the personal cup. And it, if you slightly tip it, like it's absorbent enough to uh, prevent spillage of just any slight contact with the beverage inside. So, like it's it's almost like think of a, a ketchup uh, cup that you get at a, a McDonald's or something. It's sort of like th- that similar design but bigger. And then you put it over, you know, the personal cup, and then that sort of helps prevent the the liquid inside from spilling over the top um you know, because it's sort of semi attaches to the top i don't know I, I, it's just the the craziest things that think that you think of when you're mind where is going i want
2: to know i want to know where you went where they didn't give you a lid
1: Well, I I was just thinking of like using your personal cup at the drive-thru. Oh,
2: okay, Um, okay. Because I was like, where are you going where they don't give you a lid at the restaurant? Because I am perplexed. What are they doing up there? (laughs) Well,
1: at Starbucks, you know, you you hand them your personal cup, but they say you hold on to the lid because lids can Mm. be janky and dirty.
2: Okay, Um, I thought you meant like you went to McDonald's and they just handed you a cup with no lid. (laughs)
1: No, typically, yeah, you don't, that doesn't happen unless you request it, I suppose. Um, But yeah, just if you're using a personal cup at the drive-thru, you would hand the barista your cup through the window, but without the lid, because they don't want to touch the lid, but then they would have to hand it to you back. Mm. And, you know, what if it spills on the way over, um, even if they slightly, you know, tip it or something.
2: That, that that's the risk you assume using your own cup, <laughs> exactly. trying to save the environment. <laughs> yeah.
1: I just want to try to avoid as many catastrophes as possible, but yeah, yeah, that's
2: funny. Well, and it's so funny because like like we were saying when they're like like the Mountain Dew bottles, when it's like oh yeah, yeah, we're we're helping the environment, but like nine times out of ten, like a lot of really big corporations, they push all of it onto the consumer. Like this is how you can, this is how you can do this, this is how you can do this, and I'm like, mm, well, you could uh, like. You could do it, like, from the beginning
0: in a better, more sustainable way. Or y'all could just, like, pay your taxes and then your tax money could go to projects that better the planet. But, like, Mm -hmm. uh, Like, yeah.
2: Like, if they made it more sustainable from the beginning, it wouldn't be like, oh, make sure that you're recycling all your plastic bags and blah, 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 blah. Because, like, it needs to happen on a large scale for it to mm -hmm. to, to do any change. Like, me being like, I only use paper straws or I only use steel straws now. Mm -hmm. I am not changing much in the world other at, than maybe yeah, I feel better
1: <laughs> at the consumer level. Oh, it's also in completely, um, almost completely um, negligible at the consumer level. Uh, but the idea is you get people thinking about these things at least. Yeah. And, and that does that sort of consciousness, that ecological consciousness will permeate the society and the culture so that it'll sort of balloon outward into people's general approaches to, you know, more, um, scaled, uh, implementation of, of these strategies, you know, more, um, uh, sustainable strategies like, you know, how airline, you know, so, so much of our fossil fuel consumption is, you know, it's industrial waste, it's, uh, airlines, um, you know, compared to cars and people, you know, just regular consumers. And so, uh, you know, if we want there to be sustainable change, it has to occur at this sort of, um, industrial scale rather than just people drinking Mountain Dew.
2: Yeah. Um, and that's, that's always my thing. I'm like, like, yeah, like, yeah, it's nice to you know recycle and do those things and like want mm-hmm. to have a better environment, like in your general vicinity, but like, when they when corporations press stuff like that, it's like you're just trying to remove the responsibility from you guys, like making it a better process mm-hmm. and making it healthier for the environment and like you know, putting less waste out into the world because they're like, yeah. Ah, yes, you guys make sure you recycle your bottles, but here's a hundred million clear bottles for you so you don't feel bad and you have your Mountain Dew.
0: So yeah, it needs yeah. to
2: come from all the sides. Yeah. And so I believe me, uh, we talk, we talk a lot about the climate and like, recycling in this house. So okay, I could yeah. go on and on and on. So I will stop. But the marketing though, with the carbon footprint tickled the crap out of me. Cause I'm like, from a marketing standpoint <laughs> and a climate standpoint, it's like, we care about the carbon footprints so much that here's some shoes for you to consume, for you to wear, for you to put your carbon footprint mm-hmm. everywhere. And I'm like, this does nothing for the environment. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, honestly, why they're all having to move to Mars and work in a corporation. So. I know exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. Jody, any final thoughts?
0: I enjoyed it and I enjoyed our chats and I'm going to, I'm probably going to finish out this series, at least this first season. Mm-hmm. I hope, I I agree with you. I hope they don't take it into some far, super reach place. I kind of hope they Mm -hmm. follow this type of flow because I'm enjoying it a lot where we're at.
1: Yeah, nice to have a uh, a serialized narrative that continues from episode to episode um, in an animated form. That's always fun to kind of be able to live in this um, surprisingly realistically drawn world. Uh, but still, it being animation, there are plenty of things that uh, can be exaggerated for our uh, enjoyment. Um, yeah, so check out uh, idi- uh, idiocracy. check out <laughs> fired on Mars on on HBO Max, soon to be renamed just Max. Max. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I, yeah, and
2: marvel at how Luke Wilson. I never realized like I know that him and Owen Wilson are siblings mm-hmm. but you can just marvel at how much they sound alike yeah. <laughs> I always forget yeah.
1: that's good yeah Luke Wilson kind of just playing Joe Blow in a comedy um which he he does I don't know fairly uh, he's done a few times <laughs> um all right well uh this has been the Thodcast Conversations about Animation. I'm Philip Elke. Uh, you can find the Thodcast at thodcast.com, at Thodcast on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and uh, find me at Philip Elke on Twitter and Instagram as well. Bridget, uh, any social media?
2: Yeah, you can find me on Instagram. It's Bridget,
0: that's Bridge with a T, 5246. And Jody? I'm nowhere to be found right now, so you can find me back on the Thodcast hopefully soon talking about all the May things.
1: All right. It's Mermay.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs>
1: Mermay. All right. Well, everyone out there, thanks for listening. Uh, have a magical day. Have a wonderful week. Warm hugs.